There is a song by the immortal band Electric Light Orchestra called Strange Magic. And Ryan, on a scale of 1 to 10, how criminal is it that the song is nowhere in this movie? <laughs> um, you, every time I try to predict how you're going to do the opener, and this is not where I saw it going at all, uh, I would give it a solid 10. That I'm, a, I'm really shocked that that was not in the movie. I'm going to see your 10 and match it because they had that gift wrap for them. Uh, it's just like how the Lego movie didn't have the song, We Built the City. I don't understand. Uh, but you know what? That's uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. But we are here and there. I'm Andrew Fantasia. And you Woo! are? I'm Ryan J. Whitehead. Oh, my God. And this is Infinity Rewatch, the podcast where we rewatch all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, except, you know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatever, because we got yeah. better things to do with our time. And yeah. We, we talk about it and be like, oh my God, remember this? Remember that? And we share facts and we share tidbits of information. And sometimes we even share food if we were sitting in the same room, which isn't happening <laughs> now because we're trying to be safe. Yeah. Uh, welcome aboard, everybody. And good to, good to have you back, Mr. Ryan. How are you? I, I, I'm good. Good to see you, Fantasia, on the computer screen and uh, hear your voice once again. And uh, we are really trucking along in this uh, Infinity Rewatch. And uh, I will say I'm pretty excited. I, I hate using I'm starting to realize that everyone, every sort of host or every sort of host or YouTuber will always say I'm so excited. But this is a genuine, like, I'm excited. Like, Doctor yeah. Strange, man. Like, this We're not is... lying. We're not being <laughs> fakers. We we get... Ex- it's not like... If we weren't excited, we wouldn't record today. You know, I, would call, I would call up Ryan or he would call me up and be like, you know what, man? I am not feeling it. And then we would reschedule or something. We don't come on here and turn on our mics no. and go through all the setup process to be like, hey, guys. Welcome to the show. No, like this is this is generally it, like, but I hate to say it because it sounds so cliche. I know, I yeah. Going to, but this is this is really cool because at the time this was announced that they were doing like a Doctor Strange film, this was huge. Like mm-hmm. this is big news because first of all, it's Disney now. Like Marvel and Disney are together, to, and they're they're doing their movies. And now Kevin Feige has like Disney's wallet to do whatever they want. And if you're going to do a Doctor Strange movie, you definitely want the Disney art team to really help you create like the world that is Doctor Strange. And thank God they had that art team because this movie looks amazing. It just looks mm-hmm. beautiful. Like from from the first shot of uh, like in the prologue where um, Kaecilius kind of runs out into that portal and then he goes out into the city of London and you mm-hmm. see his clothes for the first time and he's got those orange robes and they are just the most orange that orange can be. I remember looking at that for the first time and thinking like, I'm going to love this movie just because like, look how beautiful the wardrobe is. Look how colorful. Oh my God, yeah. Actually, there is a... There is uh, some things we'll talk about when it comes to wardrobe, uh, and I will mention it right now, which is Baron Mordo's outfit. All right. He has is actually got comic book references built into the outfit, and it's embroidered in it. Were his clothes made with the ashes of Jack Kirby? 
<laughs> no, no. Um, it's uh, his 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 outfit is based on like a battle with the original battle with him and Doctor Strange, and that's why he has that green robe with like the with like the uh, I want to say like I don't want to say ribbons, but like streaks. These mm-hmm. like these curves built into the front of his chest. Um, it's actually uh, a reference to the Doctor Strange comic where they battle they battle each other, and you can kind of see where, where where it's referenced. But uh, there are some other things to his outfit that we'll talk about a little bit later. But uh, yes, I would say, you know, usually when you do superhero outfits, you know, I like how we're kind of getting when we did Phase One, the outfits weren't as modified as they are today. And I think we've talked about it in past podcasts, but you know, Captain America had that really slimmed out suit in in a first Avengers movie. But once the Russos came in, they gave him a more tactical motorcycle armor. You know what a suit, what a modern day superhero outfit would look like. But when you're going to do Dr. Strange, like how do you do a guy that's going to wear essentially robes, right? Like that's yeah. essentially what he's wearing. Um, and what I love was they did this kind of cross between a what I would depict it as a karate gi and like a robe. And it, it really translates so well, mm-hmm. so incredibly. And the colors pop when it's when it's a relevant character. Uh, the colors really just pop for these guys. And, and it's such a gorgeous outfit. I would love to wear the Doctor Strange outfit, like the the, the cloak of levitation and the. Oh, and the I would and love to wear any outfit from this movie. I noticed during the training montage, um, there's a girl in front of him who is dressed almost exactly like Rey from Star Wars. Like she's got the, really? the same kind of thing going on where it's like she's got her sleeves wrapped up. And then mm-hmm. you see a little tiny bit of her shoulder and then like her tunic starts. And like mm-hmm. even the way the tunic has like the layers with like the sash belt, I'm like, I'm looking at Ray right now. And she's, <laughs> she's just doing her sling ring stuff and, you know, practicing in the courtyard. And, you know, the 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 whole aesthetic of, of the the wizard martial art look. God, I loved the costumes here. They did. <laughs> and they, they did it. They did it. And they didn't... Uh, it wasn't like big and distracting either. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like the Thor costumes where it's, you know, supposed mm-hmm. to be big and in your face and like all it was just literally like you're saying, simple clothes. You got the cloak of levitation, but it's like it's not like Spawn's cape where it's like, whoa, look at me. I'm Todd McFarlane. Give me attention. Um <laughs> it's just it's there when you need it to be there and it just looks right. Yeah, it looks right. And so this movie, this movie looks incredibly gorgeous and the effects they use for the different the different realms is just absolutely stunning and we'll get into that. I I think that the one note I wanted to kind of kick off this movie uh it, the, the way I wanted to kick off this movie with this note was this movie I felt had a very Iron Man 1 vibe because uh-huh. Because first of all, and this is like after the ancient one fight sequence and, and we see Caecilius um, do the whole beheading thing. And then he fights the ancient one and, and ancient ones like moving buildings, which is an incredible fight scene. How these wizards fight is just oh. super cool. Uh, and it's so gorgeous to see that they're warping reality as they're fighting, which would make sense because you want to disorient your opponent. Um, but I will say that when it kicks off with Stephen Strange, 
he is very they set him up very much like Tony Stark that this this guy is after money he's just this successful dude um and just exuberating confidence and 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 I love that like he has this like useless knowledge for music mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is funny how you did the intro because that's that's what he was about in the beginning of the movie oh, was he was about the music. I know. Uh-huh. Uh, I see I see your your layers of genius sir and I I'm, wish I'm I had like, known which side of the album it was on like he does though. I'm not I'm not at that level but uh <laughs> one day, one day. But but we get to see him as being the successful person that people come to and and I would say like it's it's a very grounding film. Like it's it's essentially a medical drama. Mm-hmm. that's played out for a good for a good half of the movie um and and it once things get strange eh, <laughs> that's when the movie really gets into the superhero stuff but i think like iron man in the first one they really kind of strive for you know those kind of soap opera dramas that you go for right like like i think that you see the medical drama thing where they like, you know, uh, Dr. Nick calls a patient wrong and, and all this stuff. And I'd say that all that stuff right there is all just like this tone setting experience that, that just to me really reminded me of the first Iron Man film right before Iron Man, you know, gets caught up in this world. That's, you know, all about superheroes and what have you. Yeah. And I think like, I, I see what you mean there. I remember noticing some things that was like, uh, it looks like it's going to go in a very, I don't know if cliche is the right word, but it looks like it's going to go in a direction that like Marvel movies pre MCU used to go, you know, like, like the daredevils yeah. and the fantastic forces of the world. Like where I remember when the movie was being announced and cast and everything. And I'm like, okay. And Rachel McAdams is being cast as, as, uh, as Christine here. Uh, not Christine Everhart. Uh, Cause she's busy, you know, trying to destroy the galaxy, but another Christine whose mm-hmm. last name I don't remember. Um, but Palmer, Palmer, thank you. Yeah. Dr. Palmer. Uh, but then I, I remember sitting down and watching this and being like, okay. And it's going to be kind of like how Thor one did it where it's like, okay, we have to have the love interest and do this and do that. And it felt very early two thousands Marvel. But what I totally forgot until rewatching Dr. Strange just the other day was they, they were more mature about it than that. And the thing with Christine Palmer was, they had their relationship in the past. And this movie's not about let's get these two pretty people to kiss. The, like these, it's beyond that. And it's like, okay, they had their relationship and now they are friends and they're just like, they respect each other. And when mm-hmm. he comes running to Christine for help, it's not like a let's rekindle the romance. It's literally like, you are my friend. I trust you. I respect you. Please help me. And by the end, like she's like his partner in crime, his, his partner in wizardly crime and they you know they help each other out they have each other's back and that you know they resisted the urge to be like and now get them back together so we can have our kiss and all the people watching will be happy and we can tick that box off like nah they didn't care about that and ah that made me so happy that that was not shoehorned in just to be like here's romance guys Yeah, I mean, it's perfectly done in the sense that they 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 clearly set up and allude that they had a history, but clearly it doesn't it's not going to work like it's and and it's like a let's move on. Right. Mm -hmm. Not only not only does do they the characters need to move on, which is interesting because that's that's what makes them broken is that they're stuck in time. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Yeah. See, I did that. Clever phrasing. You have a very good 
Eye of Agamotto for the details, Ryan. Oh. <laughs> this is what they come here for. This is what they listen to the Infinity Rewatch for. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but if that's what it is, is that they are stuck in time because they're stuck mm-hmm. in their own ways. Um, and and they need to move on, but we the audience need to move on. And I do like that. It's not it's not really a love story. It, it's it's this story. It's a story about how this world's going to change and how how they're going to change within it. I just pictured. Um, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just pictured like mm-hmm. hearing you say that. I pictured like some guy on YouTube who's got like a like like a like a, a arts degree or, or some kind of thing where he does like this really pretentious video essay about this movie. <laughs> and at, at the end of the essay, at the end of the essay, in like the most serious like uh profound voice possible he's like ladies and gentlemen don't you see Stephen strange was stuck in a time loop before he even met dormammu (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and 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 you know what you bring up like the the medical drama too i i wrote this in my notes i thought it was funny how there are so many comic book characters named doctor something or other but this is the yeah. first time I can think of where one of them is actually an MD. Really? Yeah. I like, like Dr. Doom is not a medical doctor. Uh, neither is Dr. Reed Richards. Neither is, you know, yep. Dr. Yep. Death, whatever. Like this is the first time where it's like, yeah, he's a, he's a medical doctor. Like that, yep. that struck me as like, Ooh, that's a unique little thing. That's true. Uh, well, uh, uh, Dr. Bruce Banner. Dr. Bruce uh, Banner Dr. is a physicist. Dr. Hank Pym, the same thing. They're, none of them are medical doctors until <laughs> my boy Steve-O. That's what I call him. I call him Steve-O Strange-O. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go hang out? Well, okay. So I br- I'm glad you brought that up because that brings us to the world of, of Dr. Stephen Strange. So first of all, Christine Palmer is an actual Marvel character. And she is uh, part of a comic book series called The Night Nurse. And oh, uh, the night, right, yeah. yeah, the night nurse actually, what they would do is take care of street level heroes. In fact, the X Men, Luke Cage, uh, Daredevil, all have seen the night nurse uh, mm-hmm. after like crazy events. So we do see kind of an adaptation of the night nurse in um, in Daredevil, the Netflix series. But uh, Christine Palmer is like the official name of the character, and uh, she is she has encountered characters like Storm, Nightcrawler storm and nightcrawler so um but yeah it's uh she's an actual character and also dr nick west is also a character uh is he the, the guy, guy who has to cover his watch yeah the guy who has to cover his watch is mm-hmm. an actual character as well he's in a comic that i will be referring to another uh a little bit later on in uh in in a little bit later on in the movie scenes. Uh, but he is uh, introduced in a, a, one of my favorite Dr. Strange comics, which is when everyone uh, who is a doctor who would like to become a fan of Dr. Strange needs to read is it's called Dr. Strange, the oath. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things about the oath. Yeah. Mm-hmm, incredible story. And uh, yes, Dr. Nick is in introduced in that comic and his full name is Dr. Uh, Nicodemus West. Oh, wow. Hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy, but it's nice to see that they're they throw in a lot of comic book references in this uh, in this movie, and so I love that. Yeah, so I love how the the tone setter of the movie. Uh, the tone set of the movie feels like Iron Man. We get introduced to the doctors uh, and and we're getting into the world of Doctor Strange. And what I've noticed is um, 
what was interesting about the this origin story was at the time this movie was announced, they were already in heavy talks about saying like, look, we're getting a little tired of origin stories. We don't want to do origin stories anymore. Yeah. I just want to just move on. Right. So um, this one, I would say that, yes, the first part of it feels like a medical drama, but to get him to get to the accident, they wasted no time. Like I'd say the first 15 minutes, we get right to the accident. And even like watching the accident scene again this time, uh, it happened a lot quicker than I remembered. I thought he was driving for a bit more. uh, Like I thought there was a bit more sort of just going on in the car. Uh, And I think what I ended up doing in my brain was I mixed it up a little bit with the animated Doctor Strange movie uh, Mm, that came out back in like 2007 on DVD. Did I ever tell you the story of like my experience with that movie? No, no, you didn't. It was, um, I forget where it was. I think it was like Wizard Magazine was having like a a contest or something where there was um, an Iron Man, I think it was called Invincible Iron Man. Like these are, Mm -hmm. these are DVDs, like the the Marvel animated movies. There was Invincible Iron Man, uh, an Avengers one. um, Ultimate Avengers. Ultimate Avengers, yeah. And then there was Ultimate Avengers 2 and Doctor Strange. And the contest was you send an email to the company that makes it whatever. And you say like, Hey, you just send an email saying you would like to win this, whatever. And we choose a winner to win all four DVDs. Uh, and I emailed the the person and I, I, I thought I'd be like funny and clever and cute and whatever. So I said like, Hey, um, I'm emailing cause I'd really like these DVDs. Uh, I get bullied at school. I pretended like I was like a little kid. I was like, I get bullied at school. You know, the kids make fun of me. They say, Hey, you know, Hey, the different things like, wow, you suck. You wouldn't suck if you had Marvel DVDs or like, Hey, I heard your grandmother's dead too bad. You don't have Marvel DVDs to make it feel better. And like, I just turned it into this crazy, funny email and I oh won the contest. God. Oh my God. <laughs> I won. I had never won anything in my life. So you don't, oh you, you have to understand God. that like the, the amazing feeling it was to be like, Oh my God, I won a thing. Uh, and then it, it ended up being slightly ruined by the fact that uh, I don't know if you remember Ryan, but when I first got social media, my name on social media wasn't Andrew Fantasia. Do you remember what no. it was? Yes, it do. Can I say it on? Yeah, can you they can. know? Yeah, it was Rusty Steel. It was Rusty Steel, yeah. and I, I had that as my social media handle, but I also had it yeah. as like the the signature to my emails. So when I sent this email and they said you won, give us your address. Um, I sent them the address and I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time. And so my uncle goes to get the mail one day and he sees this big package addressed to Rusty Steel and he's like, this must be wrong. And he puts it back in the mailbox. Oh no. <laughs> so oh. I didn't, I didn't get my DVDs and I was waiting for so long. And then I finally emailed them like, Hey, where's my movies at? And I figured out what was going on. I, I understood what happened and they were very kind and they, they resent them to me and I still have them all. But, uh, yeah, oh, that's that's, that's my tale of my Doctor Strange <laughs> DVD. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if if this is true, but did you get like a student credit card with the name Rusty Steel? <laughs> I got. Um, what did I get? I got uh, my. I think my scene card. I selected because there's a thing where you can be like, I am Mister or Mrs. Whatever. But there's yeah. an option for Doctor, and I'm like. <laughs> 
what are they, they going to do? Like ask me when I go to buy, when I go to watch like Spider-Man four, they're going to be like, ah, are you really a doctor? So I just select the doctor. And now my scene card says, Dr. Andrew. Fantasy. Oh my God. That's, that's priceless. Still that not is a real priceless. medical doctor. Like strange. He's the only one. Steve-O you're the only MD I know. Oh, there you go. But actually that, so Marvel did a, a small little stint of animated movies where they were trying to compete with DC and to be fair, I, I I don't think they were even close to what DC was producing no. at the time. But uh, but I will say, out of all of them, Doctor Strange was the best one. It was it was yeah. really good. It felt um, like a live action movie. It did. It did. It, it was a more. They were kind of at that time. They were kind of going for the ultimate story, which is the ultimate stories are kind of uh, slightly different uh, than the original origin stories. Like for example, Doctor Strange in that one he tries to help his sister and he ends up becoming a doctor so he can perform the surgery and cure her. And he became the best doctor because he worked so hard to help her mysterious condition, uh, which I think in the end is affected by Dormammu. Um, and it, it's a kind of a weird ride there. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the kind of story they went with in that animated film. But uh it translated really well. It did. It did a really good job. Uh, the ultimate, the ultimates, I th- which is the the two you're talking about with the Avengers, um, they're good. But they, in terms of a comparison out of like which ones are all the best, the Iron Man one is just way off the beaten trail. Uh, the Ultimates were good, but kind of the the Chitari thing was kind of weird. Um, but uh, but the Doctor Strange one was really really well done. Yeah, and I, I think. I, like I said, I was confusing them in my head between that one and this one. And I was waiting for a shot to happen in this MCU version. It didn't. And afterward, I was like, oh, I think that's from the cartoon where when he's like after the accident or some point where they like flashback to the accident where his hands, um, like you see them get pushed forward in the collision and kind of like hit the dashboard and like get squished up against the dashboard and you mm-hmm. see the fingers breaking. I don't I don't know if I dreamed that or or if that's from this or whatever, but I distinctly remember that image and that's not from Marvel from or from the MCU rather. So mm-hmm. I guess it's from that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's it's from the uh from the animated film, but uh but yeah, I mean Doctor Strange is I mean quite the iconic character. So it was kind of it was it was kind of like an about time moment when they were doing a Doctor Strange film. Like it just, it just needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin Feige admitted that one of the big films he wanted to see, one of his big ones that he he absolutely needed to see was a Doctor Strange film. Um, and Scott Derrickson did a a really good job, like filming this. It's a, it's a shame he will not be joining the sequel. However, the director they replaced him with, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do with the brand. Um, and it's funny because this is not technically the first real life Dr. Strange movie, because I actually remember when we first started doing these infinity rewatches, That's right. I sent you uh, the movie. I uh, sent you the movie that it was originally Dr. Strange, but in the end they had to, they had to retcon it pretty quickly and just change the name and change some of the dialogue, but it's essentially a Dr. Strange film. Through. I wish I could remember what it was called. I know I'm, yeah. I'm going, I'm trying to go back into, uh, into our message history here, but maybe by the end of it, I'll, I'll remember what it was, uh, what it was. But, um, yeah, I, my brother, my brother, uh, my brother 
found it originally. He's like, hey, man, you want to see this Doctor Strange movie? And I'm like, <laughs> what? A Doctor Strange movie? But Doctor Strange doesn't have a movie. And he's like, check this out. And he showed me this movie. Um, but it's, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. It's, it's definitely worth watching. It's weird. Mm, yeah. No, it's it's good. Anyway. But let's get back to the Doctor Strange movie. Yes. Um, so we have we have a bunch of comic book characters right out of the gate. We have Christine Palmer. We have Doctor Nick West. Um, and so in the car, as the accident happens, which is what we were talking about, how we got to the accident pretty quickly. Um, in the car, he has a call from Billy, and in the call, he talks about patients that that Doctor Strange um, that Doctor Strange. Uh, that Dr. Strange could help. Yeah. Right? Like and so, cause he's picky. Apparently he only wants things he can do so he can get the mm-hmm. glory. Yeah. He gets, he gets the, the quote unquote big cases that, in, that will either give him a good reputation or these people can pay good money essentially is, is the thing which they, they allude to, but they don't emphasize on. Yeah. Um, and so the first one they mentioned was an air force air force colonel wearing experimental armor to which we all know is war machine. Mm-hmm. The second one uh, was a 68 year old female. And I think that was just the throw off uh, a one offer or it's just like, Hey, we'll throw in a name here. But the third one they mentioned was a, tw- I think it was a 22 year old female who has a cybernetic implant who was struck by lightning. And apparently uh, she's schizophrenic too, I think. Yes. So yeah. she's schizophrenic. Uh, so that was, uh, a, the theory was, was that was a nod to Captain Marvel or oh. well, Miss Miss Marvel at the time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cause she's mm-hmm. got the whole, like, she can't remember how she got her powers and uh, okay. I like yes. that. I like that. Yeah. So that was that was the nod that was the nod to uh, nod to the first nod to Miss Marvel there, uh, and then we get we go through his his quest to find Comitage uh, as they refer to it, um, which is the which is the place where the Ancient One resides, uh, which is cool. I like how they did it. It was kind of a fun. It was definitely the right way to get Doctor Strange over there, which was to have a patient that. Um, have a patient that cured himself essentially and, and through mysticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that how, how, because oftentimes in movies and, and in terms of scene dialogue is how a character is convinced to go. And I think that this was the best way to convince Stephen Strange is you have this untreatable case and the guy ended up solving the problem on his own. And now Dr. Strange has this issue and I love how when he gets his hands crippled that Christine Palmer's like, oh, no one could have done better. And he's like, I could have, right? Yeah. Um, it was great to see. And so we get, he get him, he goes, finds Paramore and tells him about Carmitage. And then, and it, it's super rushed in, in both in the animated movie and uh, in the animated movie and in the comics, he actually takes quite a bit of time to get to Carmitage. Like it doesn't happen right away. Like, he like there's a, a transition and he's just there. The yeah, right. like they like they show they have a good scene of him breaking down, but I don't think they they raise the stakes high enough. I, I hate using that phrase because in acting, that's all we heard. But they didn't raise the stakes high <laughs> enough because like he he's talking to a doctor about like you know treatment, and the guy's like I can't do it, and he just loses his mind. Has a great argument with Christine, um, but like in what they do, they do kind of a montage of all the different experiments that he goes through and he tries everything. Like he, it's funny. Cause he, 
I think that what would have been really good was have them show a montage of him going to like China, like trying different medicines and seeing if it would work and it doesn't. And then as a last resort, he finds Paramore and then heads down to uh, Karmataj as like the last absolute last solution. Yeah, Um, you're right. It feels like a missing story beat, doesn't it? Because we get, we get the French doctor with them and and it seems like they knew each other and they're just like, nah, I cannot do it. I cannot do your hands. Um, And he's, strange talks about these other places he's been to but we we don't see it happen i don't know maybe it was like a time thing or a budget thing but you're right that feels like that's ample room for a montage yeah but like it's it's the one situation that required a montage like it because we want i want him to see i want the viewers to see that they legit ran out of options like they legit um could not get to the point where where or sorry where he got to the point where he tries everything because then the line where where he meets the ancient one which i do love how he finds the ancient one um uh which is kind of life forces him to let go of the watch which is his his uh his tether to christine which i thought was really nice yeah um and and by the way i'm gonna say while i, I have the moment the way Baron Mordo fights is super cool. Like I love how he just grabs the dude's face and just pile drives it <laughs> to the ground. Like super cool way to do it. Um, and I love the actor they cast for uh, Baron Mordo. Mordo. I think uh, that was like. Chiwetel Ejiofor is a treasure. He's an yes. absolute treasure. But he does. He he is one of those actors that excels at villainy. Like he he knows how to make a, a villain justified and compelling. Like. <laughs> his work in, in, um, Serenity, uh, mm-hmm. where he, where he plays the believer. Um, he, he is just a force of nature and he, and the best part is, is the, the elegance in which he proves that he, he recognizes that he is, he is the instrument that, that, that is going to create peace, but he has to be the instrument that will, you know, cause a lot of problems for like but, a month after Serenity came out. All my friends and I, because we were total virgins, um, we, <laughs> we we spent like a full month just quoting him. Like we would walk around and like we would look at each other and we'd be like, "This is a good death. There's no shame in this death." <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I, I mean, uh, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, man. Like, it's, it, but. <laughs> He is a gem. Yeah. I, and but anyway, so when he meets the ancient one, she shows him all like the different things. And it just that's I agree with you. And it's the most best way. To, it's the best way to say it, which is they miss the story beat there because he he acknowledges that like, oh, you know, I got to do this like meditation stuff where this is a guy who has apparently tried everything like he has yeah. tried everything. And and meeting the ancient one she's showing him like this book of like references and i think that like he's just like no 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 that's not gonna work like that doesn't i it just already sets me up in the ideology that like then clearly he hasn't tried everything because he's not willing to acknowledge it and and yes it still works for the story but i think as someone again i wanted to see him get pushed a little further uh and 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 get really into the headspace that like he needs to let go and try something completely different um yeah maybe maybe amp up the desperation a little bit mm -hmm. um because we see him being desperate 
just because he's a jerk and he wants to get his job back and everything and he's cocky and he's like, I want that back because that was all I had. But I think the seeing the sort of all those doors close would have made it a bigger deal when this door finally opens. Yeah, and and then having him reject it would have been like that really good umph moment. Um, So so that was a great moment. And so uh, when he meets the Ancient One, first of all, I I know there was a lot of controversy in picking uh, Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. Um, But at the same time, I, I like that they kind of made the ancient one this uh, this ambiguous character because in the comics, uh, in one of my favorite comics in uh, Triumph and Torment, uh, Ancient One actually admits that he doesn't, or well, Ancient One admits that, that they don't, they don't, they're not one gender. They're they're not they're not one or the other. So yeah, it's a non-binary character. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was huge, and I thought it was really clever to cast uh, Tilda Swinton as that kind of that kind of character. Oh, she uh, is straight up my favorite character in this movie. Like without a question, she's my favorite character in mm-hmm. this film. Yeah, she does a great job. Like I was really I like every uh, every every scene that Tilda has. She actually owns it. Like she owns. She brings yeah. a lot of gravitas to this character and and it does a great job of being like this the center the center of this mystery you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and being mysterious about it which is so cool um and i loved it it was fantastic so yeah no great cast i'd say it was a great casting could there have been others of course but the choice they went with worked really well yeah and i mean we've said it before we've said it again and we will say it even more one of our acting teachers uh a lovely man by the name of Neil, always used to tell us real actors will never do this superhero nonsense. And what do we have here? We have Benedict Cumberbatch. We have Chiwetel Ejiofor. We have the great Tilda Swinton. We have the great Rachel McAdams. We have the out friggin standing Mads Mikkelsen. And like Benedict Wong, this is the first time I've seen him, but he's like fantastic too. Neil, you want to tell us again? About all yeah. <laughs> you want to you maybe rethink that strategy there partner uh yeah <laughs> this is this is a powerhouse thing across the board um now ryan i want you to brace yourself because okay. I'm i usually my notes involve a lot of questions like ryan what does this mean and what does that mean uh and i think <laughs> i think my doctor strange notes have the most questions directed towards you than any of my notes so far um so uh, you might need to bear with me here. Um, let's see here. Uh, where's my first? Okay, my first one is, uh, I'll start with a simple one. Have you ever been to New York City? Yes. Okay, because I've never been there yet. I'd love to go there. And I just, I found it so cool when he meets uh, the guy whose name I forget, uh, Pangborn. When he meets Pangborn, mm-hmm. it's like New York City is just like, you can go play basketball in this little court underneath a bridge like that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, New York's a massive city, right? Like I I I also wanted to talk about this just before we kind of rolled into the movie. But Doctor Strange uh a lot of Marvel comics take place in what's happening in world events. And when Doctor Strange was being written, it was kind of taking place I think in the early I want to say the early 70s. I think you're right. I think he, they made uh, Doctor Strange in the 70s. 
yeah in the 70s my brother is like my brother has like a big encyclopedia comic book of dr strange comics um and uh and uh and i i actually have an encyclopedia of dr strange I, I, yeah uh but don't worry i've already taken all my notes done my research so <laughs> um yes yeah, so i've been to new york fun story about my new york trip with my family um this is funny because my parents are going to get a moment of justice here because my mom's like, one day you'll tell you'll tell people about these stories about being on trips. Because <laughs> my brother and I were always reluctant to go on a trip with our parents, right? Especially when we're getting into our later, early twenty years, we want to do things on our own. But hey, a free trip to New York is a free trip to New York. Yeah, you don't uh, want to hold hands with your parents, and maybe you want to call an escort while you're yeah. in New York. Uh, <laughs> call an escort when the folks are there. It's just not how. It yeah, works. yeah. Uh, in the end, in the end, and my parents are awesome. My parents are awesome people. Uh, in the end, I mean, it was a trip worth remembering. Like it was, we had a lot of fun. And so in fact, uh, my trip to New York, I, I had two lifetime achievements. One was I actually went to a David Letterman show. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do to, to be a part of a David Letterman show is they have people outside on the street and they'll have, um, they'll ask you questions about David Letterman. If you get them all right, they'll give you tickets to go see David Letterman. Oh, um, Cool. Yeah, so we got to go see David Letterman that night. Everyone won um, because the the singer for that night was Dolly Parton, and <laughs> the the actor was Zachary Quinto uh, when he did Star Trek. Oh, wicked! Yeah, so it was a, it was a good night. Uh, and then the other thing I did that was a big lifetime achievement was I whistled for a cab <gasps> in New York. Did you do it like through your teeth, like that loud whistle? Because yeah, I, I can't do that. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to probably do it away from the mic so I don't break everyone's ears. But I was oh, like, shit, so we excited. were out on the street and I was like, I was like, like oh. that. Yeah, I'll try again. Uh, no, I, but I could do it. I could do it, people. But yeah, I did that whistle, pulled it in. Uh, and did and you also happened. yell out, I'm walking here? Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, uh, no, I, I said, hey, taxi. And I went, and then pulled over the uh, taxi. Good times. I, I have uh, a I have a friend who you know whose name starts with T. Uh, he lost his virginity in New York City. No yeah. way. So if anybody's in New York and you find someone's virginity, it's probably him. Please return it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that's priceless. Um, <laughs> all right, so. Anyways, back to it. And uh, quick side note, because we're already off on a tangent. The original Doctor Strange movie was a movie called Doctor Mordred. So if you ever, oh, follow that's it, the name. Okay, that's that's the name of the movie, and it's it's Doctor Strange through and through. There, you'll see him throw cast spells. He even has the eye of Ag- uh, the eye of Agamotto on him. And the movie is a Doctor Strange movie through and through. But the rights fell through right at the end, and they just they just rescripted. A ton of things. Uh, they rescripted the dialogue, so the names of the characters are different and everything. But it's a doctor. It's it was supposed to be a Doctor Strange movie. Doctor Mord. How awesome would it be if there was a movie like that for every character? Yeah, I know, right? Well, <laughs> I think Marvel doesn't want to go back to their old stuff because I think the only successful thing Marvel did that was live action was the the the, the Hulk show, which had uh, Thor and Daredevil and all. That yeah. Stuff. And Luke Ferrigno, but they didn't even call him Bruce. They called him David Banner. I know, because apparently some Dumbo, some <laughs> producer or some suit was like, 
probably sitting behind a desk with a cigar, yeah. uh, doing disrespectful things to his actors and then being like, you know what? I don't think alliteration is cool. <laughs> Let's make his name David so people won't think of this as comic booking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so uh, that's, that's my impression of a Weinstein. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyway, let's get back into it. So, uh, yes, Van Buren's in New York, uh, beautiful city. Uh, and anyway, so the comics are based around the 70s. And at that time, experimental drugs were a thing and uh, were quite a thing to get more heightened level of knowledge. Uh-huh. And that's how the comic Doctor Strange came about. Um, and obviously, there's a play on... Uh, on uh, on Sherlock Holmes because he lives on Bleecker Street. Yes. Uh, and and first of all, we get to see which is probably the best uh, comic adaptation or film adaptation of a comic, which is the Sanctum Sectorum, which looks remarkably accurate. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm watching, I'm like, is that a real building in New York City? Like, it's just yeah. so perfect. It is. It, it is a real building. What the, what you see, but it doesn't look exactly like it. But it, it, there is a real building because Marvel would base all their stuff on real places. Yeah. So there is a building that looks like it, not exactly like it, but it, it is on it is in Greenwich Village and it lo- and it looks like the Sanctum Sanctorum. It's called the Sanctum Spanktorum. <laughs> it's a it's a whorehouse by night, a, a gynecologist office by day. Uh, cover all their bases. That's uh that's actually kind of based in reality. You know the 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 building Dana's building from Ghostbusters? Yes. There's a gynecology clinic in it now. Oh no. Gozer's <laughs> gynecology. Yeah. Got some spooky, spooky gynecology done. You know where to go. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 a real place, and that was kind of what they were going for. Um, and so, so the sequence to which Doctor Strange gets sent off into, um, sent off into the the, the different universes, what have you. Uh, it's uh, actually I noticed that the story with Ancient One. There's a lot of incredibly a lot of references to the multiverse. She actually drops the multiverse word at least four times. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And I, 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 that's why I'm surprised or I'm, I'm a little surprised that I didn't pick up that the sequel would be called the multiverse of madness because the whole thing is about that. Dr. Strange is like, is like the, that it, Dr. Strange excels in mastering the mystic arts mm-hmm. and, and to a point where like, you know, every time he's challenged that he can't do something or that he's going to have a hard time learning it, he ends up mastering it pretty quickly. And one of ancient ones notes is that there is a whole multiverse out there that you are, you are not ready for. So it, they already set up the sequel pretty early on. And she sets up that it's, not a good place either like she says like if you if i told you half these things that you don't know you'd flee here in terror yeah the whole you know like ever since a sequel has been in the works everybody like feige and everybody have been saying like this is going to be a really scary movie like we're going to approach it like a horror movie Mm. uh i mean like you you get scott derrickson because he knows horror but you get sam raimi because he knows trippy horror so it's really uh, I'm, I can't wait for for that. Um, and then after, like right when when she pulls him back in, we get my favorite line of the whole movie, 
Have you ever seen that before in a gift shop? <laughs> yeah, she's actually quite a troll, actually. Oh, I love <laughs> the her. One, so the ancient one, uh, they're quite a troll because uh, <laughs> because after showing Doctor Strange all that just to prove him wrong, he's like, teach me. And he's like, nope. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, now now here, here, comes, here comes a one-two punch of questions for you. Yeah. Um, and I'll start with the one that's probably got the shorter answer. Um, so Kamataj, yes, this, this monastery that the ancient one has in Nepal, um, in the lore of Marvel, do these wizards on Kamataj have any contact with, or even know of the monks of Kunlun? Great question. That's, that's a serious Marvel universe question. And cuts. That is that is some real journalistic research right there. Yes, the answer is yes, they do. They know about Kunlun. And for those uninitiated in the Marvel uh, Marvel Universe stuff, the Kunlun is where, where they train the Iron Fist. Yeah, they train uh, Iron Fist! Woo! Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so yes, yes they do. Um, but Kunlun can only be seen uh, every, I think it's every few years. Like it's a certain amount of years and it's it's like, it's a portal that opens, but that yes, they, they know about it and they do interact with them. Oh, okay. So like Tilda Swinton, like she can open a portal and be like, Hey, what's up? You guys want to have some, some hot chocolate? Like she can go there and be like, Hey, like they're, they're they get along, right? Not- yeah. So, so, Oh, uh, absolutely. They get along, but they, it's, cool. it's one of those things. They're like, it's like they're, they're, uh, they're, they're, it's just like it's a, it's a it's a it's a temple and a way of life. Like if you go to Kunlun, you are signing up to the the Iron Fist way of life. If yeah. You go to Karmataj, you're signing up for their way of life, and they all respect each other. They're all like, "Hey, cool, you're doing your thing. I'll do my thing," you know. And uh, yeah, so good call out, man. All right, what's the second question? Good my call out. Right. Oh, thank you. And, and I would much rather have Baron Mordo training me than Bakudo, uh, that <laughs> friggin' guy. That freaking Bakudo. Bakudo, you can trust me. I'm a good guy. Um, my 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 follow up question, which I'm sure we'll have a longer answer, is um, because like I've never read a Doctor Strange comic. Um, I'm curious to know what does the use of magic look like visually in the comics, and how does it stack up to the movie? Were you satisfied with how it looked, or do you think it was lacking, or? Wow, you came to this one prepared. Oh my god. So, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, and I was I was going to get to I was we we're actually getting to that. So, in the comics, uh the best representation and again, if you guys want to read probably the most pivotal Doctor Strange comic in the world, you need to and that like sums up Doctor Strange and also but yet also telling the best story of Doctor Strange is you need to uh, get the comic book called Triumph and Torment, and it's with Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom. Um, and so the way the spells work in the comics was uh, they would use the hands. They would do, like, gestures with the hands, um, and they would, but they would call out the spell. And, ah. uh, and, and because Stan Lee had such terrible memory, that's why all the spells would be like uh, the flames of the fall team, the daggers of Danak. They would all have double alliteration because that's the way you help them remember everything. 
It's like, oh, it was called like Danak or something. Oh, yeah, the Daggers of Danak. So, or the Crimson Bands of Sidorak, which if you know, uh, Sidorak is, uh, is the magic that fuels the Juggernaut. So, oh, that's right. The Gem of Sidorak. The Gem of Sidorak. <gasps> Juggernaut, Doctor Strange 3 confirmed. <laughs> I, I hope they yeah. could do they could do some really cool stuff mm-hmm. um to which we actually do see these spells in action later on not in this movie but we do see it in later on in the uh the avengers movies um which i can't wait to talk about that when we get there but i will say uh we do see some pretty cool spells did i love it no in the movie i didn't i didn't love it but i liked it i liked the interpretation Mm-hmm. Um, because I loved, if you want to see a fun way of Dr. Strange using magic, you need to watch the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. It's uh season three, episode one, uh, the sins of our fathers. Uh, and that's where he meets Dr. Strange. Yeah. And so every time he uses his spells, he would do his hand gestures and he'd say, I'd summon forth the shielding powers of the Vishanti and then boom, you know, shield. Right. Or he would say, Oh, the seven rings of Ragador. And then like, he would but he would call out his spells as he would as he would do it what i didn't like in this one was that a lot of spells required artifacts which is cool but a lot of things there's only i think one one or two things that were artifact or no actually yeah okay so there's one thing that's actually like a character and they turned it into an artifact so the there's a scene where strange is training with mordo and he mentions the vaulting boots of valtor yeah um, he's, the staff um he says like this is an artifact it's it's rare yeah. it'll protect you the staff of the living tribunal is yeah. an actual character that's that's an actual character so it's not it's not a weapon so yeah. i was a little worried that like i was a little worried that a lot of spells were not going to be what i thought they were Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end they did recover, uh, which ended up being like, again, that's why I say I like it. Did I love it? I would still prefer to him like calling out the spells in a heated moment just to add that layer of theatricality. Um, and if you want to see a really good example of, of theatricality in casting magic, uh, you need to watch the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon season two, where they introduce Mysterio and he's like super theatrical. Oh, and, I love and that it cartoon. Sells, it sells Mysterio so well. Mm-hmm. And, and I would have loved to have seen Doctor Strange kind of fully commit to it. But I, I also understand why they didn't do it was because, again, this movie is really grounded. This mo- the whole the whole point of the movie is to be grounded and and then to have that floor break underneath you and then be transported into this whole new idea of what the world is like. So you can't just go from you know acknowledging that or understanding that magic does not exist to a point where magic is real. So you can't you can't transition in that way. So I understand the spells are a thing, and then we, we do see probably in in much later on that like. Doctor Strange in full Doctor Strange mode, and that was like the best, the best spells. Oh my god, it's so cool! I love the way they look. I love the the twisty hand things. I love the lights that Mm. swirl around. Uh, It was very similar um, in the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance when you cast spells. When you play a Strange, it looked exactly like that. So it exactly, yeah. That was my sort of all I knew of how his spells look came from that. So when I saw mm-hmm. him do this in the movie, I'm like, yeah, I'm sold. That's, that's how I know strange to be. Well, and I, I like that. 
um, in the behind the scenes, they talked about the the developing the spells, and they said that the 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 way they did it was they actually uh, hired someone who teaches uh, the the dance uh, who teaches dancing and they specialized in tutting, which is a form of dancing where you like move your hands around your face. Um, And, but it's very focused on like certain hand movements intertwining. Um, So when the ancient one first cast the, 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 the shield, the the shield of Vajanti, um, the hand gestures just look so magical. Like it's just really cool. Uh, fun fact, actually, we do see Hamir uh, during the training sequence, and Hamir is also a character from the comics. Is he the one-handed uh, guy? The one-handed guy uh, who is later to uh, in the comics, much later down the road, is to be revealed as Wong's father. Oh, damn! Yeah. So, uh, so we get Wong too, which I love the casting of Wong. It was perfect. Oh, he's great. Uh, Benedict Wong. <laughs> yeah, like that's like winning the name lottery, man. It's like, hey, we got uh, we got these people. Like the the casting director there on the day of the auditions or whatever. It's like, oh, who's next? Uh, well, we have a guy whose first name is also the first name uh, of our star, which happens to be an incredibly rare first name. And his last name is the name of the character he's auditioning for. Like, how could you not hire him? <laughs> yeah. And uh... <laughs> that would be like if, if like Daisy Ridley's real name was like Harrison Ray. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, right? Yeah, it's, it's just the name lottery of that. Like, what are the chances? Yeah. Um, but we get Wong, and the interesting thing about Master Hamir is in the comics, Hamir has both uh, both his hands, but in the comic, he sh- he he does this one spell with one hand. So mm-hmm. they, I guess, they do the classic Star Wars thing where the I guess Hamir lost the hand at one point. Um, so yeah, so overall the, the training sequence of scenes is a lot of fun. I like that him and Wong are, have this kind of comedic break. Um, I will also point out that Shimbala is, uh, the Wi-Fi reference. That's actually a huge comic book nod to one of Dr. Strange's biggest comics. Um, so, uh, so when he says like, oh, Shimbala, is that the... You know, is that the, is that my mantra? And he's like, "Oh, it's the Wi-Fi password. We're not all savages." But it's an actually uh, the name of an acclaimed Doctor Strange graphic novel, uh, and where it's Doctor Strange tries to f- uh, find the spirit of the Ancient One in the realm of Shambhala, uh, and gets enlisted into a, a dangerous mission instead. Oh well, I know there's also like that's a a sort of um, folklore thing, like like the Holy Grail. Like there's supposedly a city. Uh, called or like a temple called Shambhala somewhere mm-hmm. in that area, like where Kamataj is. Uh, and people don't know if it's real or not, but it's it's like this big, it's like something Indiana Jones would look for. Yeah. Uh, and it's up there somewhere in the Himalayas. And uh, I actually have a timeshare there. And it's oh. quite lovely. It's quite lovely four there months out of the year. The rest of the time, I would not recommend Shambhala. <laughs> oh yeah yeah wong Wong is uh i i i love wong how he showed up here and and i i i feel like the bromance he has with strange is one of my favorite relationships in the mcu Mm -hmm. and for some reason i thought we saw more of it in this movie but really this movie like they only really become pals at the end Uh, yeah so it's it's taken its time with it but i love that relationship that they have 
Yeah, I think that uh, I think that I, I think they. But again, it's just the right casting between the two two actors. I think that chemistry they had was was perfect to to put into the comics because Wong is is very out of touch with you know modern things, right? Whereas where um, Stephen is is actually more modern than he is, and they kind of meet in the middle. But it's yeah. that journey of meeting in the middle, which is quite which is quite awesome. Um, so. The training sequence is great. Uh, the the when they first go to the sanctum, um, there's a uh, there's or sorry when they when they go to the sanctums and they introduce the different sanctums, uh, we get um, uh, one of the other characters uh, who is a character in the comic as well. Again, another character. Uh, his name is Doc or not Doctor uh, Daniel Drum. Daniel Drum, like the the musical instrument. Yes, drum like the musical instrument. Um, but he's a minor, minor character in the comic books, but he is a minor character because he's related to a pretty important character in the Dr. Strange world. Um, and his brother is, uh, oh man, what's his name? Uh, Jericho. His brother, his name is Jericho drum. And he is a, he is like the second Dr. Strange, if you will. Like he's, if Dr. Strange is not around, this is the guy you want to go to. Um, his name is Dr. Or sorry, his, I want to say doctor all the time. His name is Jericho drum and he's known as brother voodoo. And, oh, and I know brother voodoo. Yeah. And, and there was a rumor in the sequel that they were casting, uh, they were casting for, um, a, uh, Haitian, uh, a person, an actor of Haitian descent, which would allude to, uh, brother voodoo. We didn't see, did they touch on Brother Voodoo in season two of Luke Cage? Because I know they really got into the voodoo stuff there. Was he mentioned at all, or like, did they do anything with him? Um, so we had we had Lady Nightshade or whatever her name is, that hot girl who runs like the potion shop. We had Bushmaster. No, no, we don't. We don't get any sort of acknowledgement from them. Like, as much as the Netflix wanted to be part of uh, the MCU, I think the only thing that really made it part of it was like the battle of New York. Yeah. And even then they're just like, remember that thing that happened? Like there's so it's so weird. It's like, let's be vague about it as if it was, you know, as if we didn't have the freedom that we worked hard to earn by being a cinematic <laughs> universe. It's like, they're behaving as if it's like 1998 and they don't have that freedom yet. It's like, let's, mm-hmm. let's, just, let's just refer to him as the green guy and let's refer to him as the soldier with the star on his shield. Like, just freaking say their name. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting, too. So, yeah, I mean, I think because I think they admitted, I think that uh, Kevin Feige officially admitted that, like, the only shows that tie into the MCU is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and... Actually, I think it was just the Agents of Shield. Like that's it. That's, <laughs> I, I want to say good Cloak and Dagger. Thing, I want to say Cloak and Dagger, but I I, I don't think that's that's true. Well, probably not because I think maybe four people on the planet watch Cloak and Dagger. To I be know, honest. which is which is crappy, but yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if you're if you can only you can only say you're affiliated with MCU before you start ne- really needing to prove it, and and the Daredevil one proved it the best with like the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> uh so so yeah um but going back to the going back to dark strange so the training sequence i want to get back to and the spells because the sling ring so the sling yeah. ring is mentioned um the sling ring so i i'm not 
completely against the artifact thing. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. Again, do I love it? There could have been a little bit better representation of how spells are cast, which I get that justice in Avengers, but at the time of watching this, didn't get it in this movie as much, um, but they had to keep it subtle. Now, um, the sling ring, there's actually mentions uh, while he's training to learn how to use the sling ring. It, it's the tool that you can access different multi, uh, universes. So they actually, again, they drop the multiverse bomb during the sling ring. Then right. we get to go meet uh, the drum brother, uh, Daniel Drum, and the the Sanctums. And through the Sanctum with the Battle of Caecilius, which we're going to talk about Caecilius shortly, um, there is a ton of references, uh, obviously, with the Cloak of Levitation in the Sanctum. But there is actually the helmet of the Black Knight in uh, in oh. the Sanctum. No way. It's it's a quick snapshot. You can it's it's it happens very, very quickly, but if you pause it, you'll actually see the helmet of the Black Knight. Well, that's I mean, that touches on literally two of my next questions can be tied into that. Okay. Um my my first one was uh are there any Easter eggs in the Sanctum trophy room that I should know about? Yeah. Um and that's definitely one of them that I miss. What what's the thing he picks up and Caecilius is like, you don't know how to use that to you? Is that, is that <laughs> something? Oh man, I, I I don't think it is. <laughs> and I've been looking up to try to confirm my um oh oh actually I just sorry I was just doing research I just found it it is called the evil eye and it was a powerful oh. weapon wielded by uh wielded by a character called the Crusader Prester John and they use it against the Fantastic Four. I. I know this is going to be crazy, but I actually know who Prester John is because he was in the Cable and Deadpool comics. Yeah. Yeah, Deadpool always made fun of him because his weapon was called his Stellar Rod. (laughs) 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 So he would run around and be like, I will smite you with my Stellar Rod. (laughs) Oh, man. But I I actually, the Cable and Deadpool comic, oh, man, we're running on tangents today. I, that, this podcast should if it was up to me the podcast would be called running on tangents because I, <laughs> I love that about podcasts so carry yeah. on carry uh, on the tangent anyways but uh my favorite my favorite one was actually uh cable and deadpool versus the heroes for hire that was one of my favorite comics oh, uh, yeah. luke cage and, and iron fist mm-hmm. um and, and they fight these uh these like snake sisters of the serpent society and, yes and, and actually uh, one of the issues like towards the end, I think like it, it reached 50 issues. And I think like number 46 or something like that was, uh, he fought uh, Deadpool fought brother voodoo. That, Oh, that's right. He did. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, awesome stuff. <laughs> that now I need to read that comic. Uh, anyway. So yeah, there was, there was a ton of, uh, Easter egg drops in the sanctum, uh, the cloak of levitation, the evil eye, um and uh and the black knight helmet so those were those were the big ones there's also the staff of one um which is you'll see that staff a little bit later on uh in the film but uh that staff was used in the runaways oh i see runaways is something i i really have never experienced i just know they're teenagers and one of them is a dinosaur and that's literally where my knowledge stops but i've heard nothing but great things about runaways the um, runaways is about the kids of like famous characters so like like it's kind of like um characters similar to like wanda and 
oh my god why am i freezing on this wanda and pietro who are like sons of magneto there these kids are all famous characters or, or kids of famous characters who i can't list off at the moment who is the dinosaur's father i have no idea I, it, i'd want to say Sauron, devil sore <laughs> devil sore i think it is oh wow um so so here's here's a big one here's a yep. big one for you talk to me about the eye of agamotto and 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 you know what what uh, what was changed? What was left the same? And uh, in that scene with the Eye of Agamotto, we get the uh, Mordo and Wong kind of giving Strange and us a lot of backstory mm-hmm. about the Sorcerer Supreme and stretching all the way back to Agamotto himself. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the Eye of Agamotto, Ryan. And and I I know I ask you this particular question a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like every episode I'm like, do you think we'll see blank and blank? But do you think we'll see either Agamotto or a Sorcerer Supreme show up in Eternals. Okay, so this is a very tough question to answer. Um, uh, Okay, so the Eye of Agamotto is an artifact, um, and they changed it in the movie. So the movie, the Eye is an Infinity Stone, which is not the case. Um, The Eye eye of Agamotto is... so. God, how am I going to explain this? Um, so the spells are all passed down from alien races. Ooh. So when Doctor Strange says, oh, I summon forth the shielding powers of the Vishanti, the Vishanti are aliens. Okay. Okay. And uh, Regador, the Sidorak, they're all alien species that pass down artifacts and spells to the the car the the students of Carmitage or the ancient one and the ancient one interprets it interprets it and creates spells and and yeah and they use it to better mankind essentially um in fact they in the comic uh triumph and torment they have a they have a contest of sorcerers which brother voodoo uh, uh, uh brother voodoo dr strange and dr doom all take place all take part in it and it's essentially to be uh, deemed the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, and so you know, one of the, this challenge that they do, and I'm going to spoil it for you guys, but it's pretty awesome, is like they, they essentially have this orb, this massive, think of like the Sky Dome. They have this like massive orb and they're like, okay, whoever can break it will, you know, be deemed the Sorcerer Supreme, which allows you, you know, it's like having a VIP pass. For those who don't know, the Sky Dome is a huge baseball field. <laughs> Good call. Good call for international viewers out there. Yeah. yeah, So it's, it's, it's a, it's a big building with the dome. It's that place where the blue Jays keep beating you, New York. Oh, Oh, sports burn. Yeah. Uh, The fact that you know that is, is beyond (laughs) me. Um, But uh, yeah, anyway, so there's a huge battle that takes place and Dr. Strange, and it just proves how Dr. Strange becomes Sorcerer Supreme. Because again, everyone else like casts all these spells and tries to open it, and, and, and in the end, they all start fighting each other. Even Doctor Doom uses science to try to figure it out. Uh, and Doctor Strange literally puts his hand on the orb and just says, uh, "Please, can I have it?" And they give it to him. Oh and, wow! And that's how he wins it. And it's it's so clever and it's so well done. Um, I remember sitting there reading the comics and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" Uh, and so. Um, yeah, so the eye of Agamotto is like, the Agamotto is like, um, is like this, it's, it's like, 
it's like the aliens god you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know how else to say it but it's this all-seeing eye that can basically show magic like show it like people can see it um and so yeah so they every time he would call upon the eye of agamotto the eye would reveal things and, and do that kind of stuff oh, that's neat mm-hmm. i like that which we do see another artifact later on known as the wand of Watum. It's an actual artifact as well. Um, and then we get the fight with Caecilius. Now, Caecilius, uh, I love the actor they casted, but if I were to pick that actor for another character, which had Marvel known that they were going to get the Fantastic Four down the road, I would not have cast Mad Mickelson for Doctor Strange. I would have cast him to be Doctor Doom because I think he would have been the perfect Doctor Doom. <laughs> yeah, he's, he would have been excellent. I'm, I can't remember who you had in our dream casting for Doctor Doom. But I, I remember the, uh, you mentioning you wanted Mads Mikkelsen. I had Cecilian Murphy. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because um, uh, if they're if they're which again I've heard rumors resurface that uh, that it might be uh, might be who I want for Reed Richards because uh, they're in they're in negotiations right now, which is uh, John Krasinski and uh, Emily Blunt are are back in. in conversations but that's pure rumor and speculation i don't know for sure but i did see an article recently surfaced that was talking about that um but yeah i would, I would want cecilia murphy but i would want mad mickelson so badly for dr doom yeah he would that would be that would be a lot of fun uh seeing him just rock that green cape uh mm-hmm. but I, i'm sure whoever they pick is going to be a good and b better than the last two dooms we've had which isn't saying much <laughs> but it's something. Um, and before we get to Caecilius, hold your horses there, cowboy. Uh, okay. You didn't answer my other question about Agamotto yes. or possibly another Sorcerer Supreme being an Eternal. What do you think that? Do you think that could be a thing? Eternals is such a wild card for me because I know nothing except that they're very old. So every time I hear a Marvel movie say like, "Long time ago there was so and so," I always I turn immediately to you and I'm like, "Is so and so going to be an Eternals?" <laughs> So again, um, the cosmic world is is my brother's realm in Marvel. Uh-huh. He's 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 the power cosmic for sure. He can tell you everything about from Galactus to the to what little he knows about the Eternals. The Eternals are like are like C grade characters at this point. So whatever Marvel's planning to do, I'm sure they're going to move them right up to the A list because oh, yeah. it's going to be pretty incredible. But the way my brother explained it to me of what the Eternals is going to be like. So I know you're a DC fan, and and especially you're a uh, you're a Green Lantern guy, so hell's yes. So the so this is kind of a bit of, of Superman, but kind of you know I'm gonna because it's cosmic. I I wanted to tie it into Green Lantern just to give that nod to you. Um, Thank you. So uh, of course you know you should know in DC the New Gods, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, the fourth so, world. Yeah. Yes. The 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 New Gods, and then the New Gods their their main rival is uh, Apocalypse and the. Uh, the anti-life guys right so essentially the eternals is a similar story uh it's 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 the eternals are the new gods and there's a force called the deviants and the deviants are essentially the anti-life people um and that's who they fight uh and so the eternals are essentially um the ones who like discovered the infinity stones um so i'm curious to see how that story is going to play uh, and now I could be, but I could be butchering it a little bit, but that's my interpretation and understanding. Um, because again, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very urban level 
Right. Uh, you're, you're, a defender. you're a defender. You're a defender. You're 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 street level. Yeah. I'm Avengers at best, but defenders at most. <laughs> yeah. Well, your your heart is is a new god. Uh, oh, bless if, we're, if we're judging by your heart, you are a new god. Um, uh, is is there a character who like I know they haven't announced a villain for Eternals yet, but is there like a well known one that you would know of where you're like, my money is on this person being the villain? Like one of the deviants or whatever. I don't, I don't know who the deviant villain is going to be, or I don't know who the villain is going to be in the Eternals. I'm very curious. I'm very, very curious as what they're going to do. Uh, but I mean, Doctor Strange has fought pretty intense characters that the Eternals deal with, like the living, uh, the living tribunal, and the uh, Infinity and Death. <laughs> um, all are real characters that have forms, and 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 Doctor Strange has had to fight them uh, as well as the Eternals. Uh, but I can tell you who is related to a deviant. Don't say me. Don't say me. No, no, definitely not you. The way I look at you is I look at you as like a, uh, <laughs> I look at you as like Uatu the Watcher or like, <laughs> oh, I love Uatu the Watcher. Or uh, or the, the Guardians in, <laughs> in from Oa. Yes. Oh, the Guardians from, well, the Guardians from Oa are jerks. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's lay those cards on the table. The Guardians from Oa are the biggest jackholes. Every Green Lantern comic is literally them being like, do this. And the Green Lanterns all look at each other and be like, why do we listen to these? Like, why don't we just do our own thing? Well, the and cartoon the, paints them a really nice picture. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the cartoon is generous to those folks, let me tell you. But <laughs> aside from like Ganthet, the one guardian who's like got a conscience in his body, the other ones are just like, they are they're they're like the the ceos they're the jeff bezos of space they're like oh i'm sorry am i sending you to your death i don't care it's what i want well then let's stick with uh let's stick with the watchy then because <laughs> that's definitely not you um uh so um anyway uh well then maybe you're like bitsy spitlick <laughs> Oh, I well, how do you know I'm not actually a Mixy Spitlick and all time? Uh, it, I'm just it, here as a joke, but hey, what? if that's true, then I'm glad you've been my friend this whole time. Yes, please don't say my name backwards or I will die. <laughs> all right, so oh man, we are really off course here, but yes, let's let's get you're, back you're to, about it. to tell me about Caecilius. Yes. Um, is he from the comics? Yes, he's a real okay. character from the comics, but he is like. He's like uh, he's like Obadiah Stained, which again brings us back to what we were talking about in the first part of the thing, which is kind of an Iron Man thing. He's kind of like a really side villain. Um, he's just been a villain with Doctor Strange, but he's he hasn't really been anything anything big. Yeah. Um, but we do get Dormammu, which is a big, big Doctor Strange villain. Yeah, we um, get him and Mordo, who are really like the two people I think of when I think of strange villains. So yeah, I mean, well, there's the one I think that's going to be in the sequel is is the third big strange villain, and then I think that covers like Doctor Strange, like biggest characters that like he deals with on like a regular, uh, a villains he deals with on a regular. Who's who's the third one? Is it Voodoo? Nightmare. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about Nightmare. Yeah, Nightmare is Nightmare is actually, if done right, he could be a really intense character. Um, so uh, I will say, so okay, so Doctor Strange when he does the acid trip thing, and then and when I say the acid trip thing, I mean like when he when Ancient One takes him on a tour. 
and then um, they go see the Dark Dimension. The Dark Dimension is pretty close to what the comic books actually look like. They actually referenced a lot of like Steve Ditko's artwork oh, of cool. psychedelics, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, pretty happy about that. Um, Kai Silius, though, is a character. I think, like, again, he was a very small character, and I think it's because they wanted Dormammu to be a bigger character. But in the end, I, I feel like this wasn't Doctor Strange's strongest villain. Right. I don't yeah. think the villain was... I think Strange and Wong and Ancient One stole the show, and I think the Ancient One was really the the elusive villain in this one. And I use the word elusive because, like, because you you see that the ancient one is represented as a, a good person. But in the end, um, Caecilius was right. And that, that, um, that the ancient one is, uh, is kind of a rule breaker and, and kind of just does things, does things uh, on his or her own. Yeah. And, and she, you know, she's, she's going through the dark and I totally forgot about that subplot of like, she gets her, her eternal life or whatever from the dark dimension. And like, I totally forgot that was part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think Caecilius was, um, you know, I think Mads Mikkelsen did the best he could with it. And like you said, you made that Obadiah Stane comparison. It's like, okay, if we're going to have a D list villain, mm-hmm. let's at least cast a friggin' great actor to play him. And they did. Um, yeah, I, but in the end, it was it was it was like okay, cool. Like it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. He was basically just a a, a utensil to get mm. Dormammu into our mouth. He was just well, a spoon. And 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 a lot of the stories with Baron Mordo is Baron Mordo is used as an instrument to unlock Dormammu. Like that's right. so really what we just saw was that kind of story. Um, but yeah, Caecilius was like, and again, like the fight scenes were really cool. I remember oh watching the trailers a lot, just seeing those hand movements with like the shield come up out of his fist and all that stuff. And that the swords, which are really cool that they like pull from the air, um, make matter out of thin air, which is really neat. Um, and, uh, and what I like about the story though, and we're kind of going to fast forward a little bit here, but what I like about the story is, is that first of all, when he gets the cloak of rotation, I love how they do the, the, what I'll call the Marvel moment when he's like floating in the air. Um, and, uh, I would say that overall, I say that overall, I think that like, where was I going with this? I'm totally going somewhere with it. And yeah, so the ancient one. So overall, I think the the ancient one was the kind of real villain, and I think that overall, the the Dormammu part was again. It was all really just kind of there. Um, and I, but I love how Doctor Strange is just like, oh, this is where I was going with it. I love, and I think that the interesting part of the story is the rules, the rules of magic. Yes. And and Doctor Strange is a doctor, right? Like he he said he vowed never to hurt people and then he becomes this he ends up becoming the sorcerer supreme traditionally as as the comic book dictates, but the cool thing about it is is that um is is that he understands that that he, that the ancient one was wrong and that that he and then even the ancient one admits it that the ancient one was wrong because the ancient one keeps fighting just to get to this same moment and has tried various things. And, um, and so Dr. Strange is like, okay, what we need to do is just like, let everything be 
Like essentially that, that is what he's doing. He's taking himself, he's essentially through this whole, you know, multiverse. I think what he's going to do is he's taking people who are trying to upset the balance and flow of time, which is the sole problem he had with Christine. I think that's going to be the problem throughout his his journey is, is that he's going to go to different universes and he's going to, he's going to see how things become unbalanced. And because, because everyone wants to hold on to time or like a specific moment or something, a specific something. And he's going to be going to these different multiverses to let go of that. And I, that's why I think he's actually going to have, and this is, this is my big prediction for when WandaVision comes out is, is he's going to play a role in helping Wanda understand that she needs to, let go based on what the trailer is giving us. She needs to let go of, of the losses she's had, which is vision, her brother, and just like love of life in general and, and, and helping her do that. And that's, he's going to be that doctor. He's going to literally be a doctor and helping people in the different dimensions. Oh, that is so profound, man. I love that. That's it took me, it took me a while to get there. I (laughs) I lost my way, but that's, that's definitely where I was going. You found it again. And then you like shined lights on it, like a beacon so that the rest of us could follow you there. It was, yeah, that like balance is the most important thing in life. Uh, Not just in fiction, in life, balance is the key to everything. And that goes doubly so when you're dealing with martial arts uh, and you know, the wizard training is so much like martial arts that you're right. I think that balance is going to be a very important goal for Dr. Stephen Strange to kind of keep pointed towards like, that's his compass is he wants to maintain balance. And you're right. His whole thing in like infinity war was he, when he tells Stark, like, Hey, let this be, because if we keep it along this path, then this yeah. will happen. And that will bring balance. Like stop trying ah. to yeah he knows steve-o knows he knows what the score is yeah i i i I see and now and and because of that i it sounds like you're on board as well like you you get it you get where it's going right so i and it's interesting because um i which is dr strange is like kind of cool thing about his comics is that we kind of see he always approaches things like a doctor, like his job is to, to essentially fix. Right. And that yeah. doesn't mean fighting. That means like he's there to fix the problem, whether it's like understanding someone like being a psychologist or like, or literally like healing someone, you know, like being a doctor, like that's what, that's what he does in the comics and he fights them with magic. But in the end, yeah, there's in the end, ultimately there's a problem that needs to be solved and that's what he's going to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, I think we're going to see that. And so the fight scenes are the fight scene with Kaecilius is is just amazing. Um, and we do get a shot of the Avengers Tower when they go into the, like the the whole city warping experience. We get the Stanley yeah. cameo, um, and then I, I, need to, I need to dive into this this fighting here really quick mm. because it's like I and and one day one of the special episodes that we have to do on Infinity Rewatch is we're going to rank our favorite battles in the MCU. Yes, um, oh, good one. But I was so, I get like, there's very little about Doctor Strange that I retained my first time around. Uh, so watching it again the second time was able to refresh me and everything like that. And I, I totally forgot how awesome it was, how we got this, not one, not two, but this three layer, like triple punch fight where first we have Strange in, in the Sanctum Sanctorum, 
fighting off mm-hmm. Kaisalis' people. Yeah. Then we have what might be my favorite fight in the movie is uh, he's on the operating table and his astral form is fighting the astral form of that dude. And like poor Christine is just like screaming because he keeps popping up and scaring the shit out of her. <laughs> and then when that's over, we have the the whole like spinning inception fight through the through the the mirror dimension uh, where him and Mordor are, are trying to you know stop Kaisilis' goons again. And uh, you got that cameo that you mentioned with Stan Lee, like that that one two three, just like one after another, mm. and they're all so impressive and also different. Yes, they are incredibly different, um, but they're they're beautiful. They're absolutely like it's and it's like usually in a fight scene, you kind of you I have this incredible book and I need to find it again. But in, in a fight scene, where's Waldo now? No, no, because um, for those of you who don't know, I actually did stunt work for a brief, brief period of my life. Um, mm-hmm. But there was like a when I talked to our stunt teacher at the time, um, he told me there was like a universal book on like on like film combat and like stage combat and all that stuff. Um, but in it, they talk about like a reason why a fight scene is there. Um, and like, you know, it's obviously like this person's fighting this person and stuff. But like, for example, they'll say like, you know, in a movie in a, or in a thriller, the the final moment when like the murderer catches up with the, the victim or whatever, that's essentially the fight scene. Right. And yeah. in this one, they're more like dancing They're They're like this is one of those situations where it's just like their moves are just so poetic um, it's more of like this expression of, of what they're doing, like expression of, of life versus, you know, anti-life, um, in this conversation. But yeah, the fighting is absolutely gorgeous. It's but like I, bending from the last airbender movie. If it was good and had a purpose. Exactly. Yes. That's that. I, I'm not even going to add anything to that. That's perfect. <laughs> but what I, what I also like is again, like the astroform fighting. I thought that was really cool too. Oh, man, that's um, so much fun. Uh, that actually is, uh, there's a scene when, uh, when he talks to Christine through the astro form and helps her, that actually is from the oath comic. There's a scene where he comes in the astro form cause he got shot and he's dying and he needs her to help, help him. Um, and he fears in his astro form and he's like telling her what to do. <laughs> that actually did happen in the comics, which I thought was a really nice nod. Um, but yeah, the, the fighting's incredible. Um, but, oh, is, uh, I don't remember. I'm was sorry, it like dude. somebody, or was it just like the guy who was, killed Uncle Ben or something? No, no, no. It was like oh. it was. It was just like a average Joe, which usually that's how it goes down. Um, but um, or I think you, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was shot. Uh, anyway, so the Oath comic was great, and then so the Dormammu scene, um, which was really cool. There's actually another comic book reference, and uh, the what we see there is the mindless ones, and that's. Uh, Essentially, when you know, which I, I like the bargain thing, I think I like how clever Doctor Strange was with like creating the, the infinite loop, yeah. which again, and, and it plays to the theme of the movie, which is like he literally was going to keep him and Dormammu stuck in that moment together forever, unless you know he, he moved on with you know this thing. And by the way, so brave, yeah, so, he's basically trapped in hell. Uh, by his own volition to just be like, yeah, well, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep so painful. Like he's getting impaled, blasted apart. And he's just like, no, I'm going to keep doing like that is that's heroism right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. 
So yeah, I like the the bargain. The I have the I have a bargain thing. It was so good, um, and it was so fun. And uh, I, but that's that's usually how Doctor Strange resolves an issue, like in the in the comic. You know what I mean? Like he does that weird, like I have a bargain, or you know this thing. Um, in the He's very outside the box kind of guy, I feel. Like yeah, he, never, he, he does solves the problem by like I shot a blast at you and you're down. Like mm-hmm. it's always something that you don't expect with him. It, yeah, he sees it in a different way. Essentially, yeah. he sees the issue in a different way. And in the comic Triumph and Torment, in the uh, he, essentially the the resolution is uh, he has to he has to essentially help Doctor Doom save Doctor Doom's mother from Mephisto and his plan was to make a deal with the devil. And that was like a whole thing. And I can't remember how he gets out of it, but he, he does, he does a really clever bargaining chip thing with, uh, in getting out of it. But uh, that's how he does it. He always has a clever way of, of circumventing conflict uh, with, with these weird like ideas. But in the end, loved it. Um, Great, great movie experience overall. But I think that movie was, Overall, I think it really just established Doctor Strange. And I think that was his mission was to establish Doctor Strange's world and what he's going to offer. And I think that at this point, as someone who's watching Marvel, I think that this was like, again, it was just as as uh, the ancient one said it, we were literally just like peeking through a keyhole. Uh, yeah. see this different world that Dr. Strange is in. And and we still haven't seen where that's going to take us. And I, again, I, I'm hoping, and they do it with Ragnarok so uh, so beautifully, because even Thor was quite tame. And, and I think that uh, I think that if they've learned anything from like Thor Dark World and the original Thor is like, don't hold back, man. Like if we're going to get, if we're going to get the multiverse of madness and I think they, they picked a good director to, uh, to follow Derrickson, uh, which is Sam Raimi. Like, let's get weird. Let's get really out there and, and still, but still give it a practical look that makes it believable. Yeah. That's, that's something that I think, I think, yeah, the time for holding back is over. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, because I, I have so many questions about Dormammu just as a character. And I, I only know him from the Spider-Man cartoon and it was the same kind of deal. Like Mordo was trying to summon him and whatever. Mm-hmm. Does he ever come to the physical world and become like a, a flesh and blood person who stands on earth? Uh, and like, like, have we seen the last of him? Cause he's so powerful. No, no, we have, we definitely haven't seen the last of him for sure. Um, actually, that's another thing. I didn't like his look in this movie. I didn't Me like neither. I think, I think it's just like they kind of just made him a part of the background. Like, it was very, to me, it was very um, Fantastic Four to Galactus. It was very, yeah, it was very underwhelming. And I, again, I, but again, I think it's, it was more about Doctor Strange than anything else. Like it was, it was literally the relationship between um, Doctor Strange, Baron Mordo and Ancient One. That's, that's where the real heart of the story lies. Um, Kaecilius, Unfortunately, though the actor gave Mads Mikkelsen gave it a really uh, gave a really good performance. I think that that villain's going to be very forgettable. Um, yeah, I think so and, too. And even Dormammu, I, I hope they that Dormammu will eventually evolve and change forms or something because I 
I fear that his look will be very forgettable. Yeah, fact, I also Dormammu, didn't like how he was voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I found that really... It was like they did the same thing in The Hobbit where it's like he's playing the dragon, but then let's also get him to play Sauron. Like, yeah. why? Why? Why do you got to do that? Like, I know he's got a great voice, but it just it didn't sit right with me when Dormammu starts talking and it's like, that's Doctor Strange's voice. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. I, I'm like Dormammu in the cartoon, actually, the Spider-Man cartoon you're referencing, the voice was really good. The voice was really clever. Um, but yeah, overall, I just I felt it was a very forgettable character but really the the show stealers were were dr strange wong and baron mordo those those and ancient one like those four characters were like show stealers like they yeah. every scene they were in i just couldn't help but like eat up whatever they were doing like and that would be a great sitcom just the four of them sharing a house like the golden girls <laughs> oh my god yes thank and... you for slinging a ring <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no, it is it, i i mean overall i mean it, it established the character and i think that's what it was setting out to do establish the character dr strange i'm happy he's in the mcu now and they could they could do so much with him and they and i and at the time we didn't know how he was going to play a role in avengers but I will say they did not disappoint. That is for sure. Because no. in Avengers Infinity War and in Endgame, I tell you, man. Woo! <laughs> oh, so good. Um, even in Thor Ragnarok, Doctor Strange steals the show a little bit. Like, yeah. And is, is gonna, am, I, am I remembering right? Is he going to be in Spider-Man 3? That's confirmed, right? That is confirmed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, recently, there was a there was a headline saying that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has announced that he's going to be in the third Spider-Man movie. Ah, oh, so exciting! Which again, I I don't know what they're doing with this multiverse stuff. I'm a little concerned, but I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic. Oh, <laughs> please let COVID be over so we can see this. I'm, I I just I cannot begin to imagine what they're going to do. But it's oh my god. Uh, you know, and, and and I mean, we have WandaVision coming, and uh, and and uh, I, I need to watch that with you. But I mean, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, my friend, I do have a solution. We can group watch it. You and I can group watch it yeah. on Disney Plus and I watch like it that. at the same time. I like that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So we'll do that. And uh, but yeah, but I agree with you. Yes, we need to get COVID over with. So more more importantly, we need COVID over with because we need to get the world back normal but also because we need these marvel films filming that's what we need oh jeez could have black widow by now can you imagine if this had happened after like infinity war oh my god (laughs) well actually no because endgame and infinity war were all filmed at the same time Uh, but then we wouldn't have been able to see endgame it would have been filmed but we would have been like yeah it exists but you can't watch it for like a year and a half yeah, well, it's funny because the whole Wonder Woman thing uh, at the time of this recording, guys, this is during COVID and uh, and Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, they announced that it's coming out in theaters and, and also directly streaming to HBO Max on Christmas. But here's the funny part is HBO Max only exists in the US. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that if you have an HBO subscription here than like whatever's on max is included but See, yeah but that i thought that too but i'm not i don't know i'm i'm being told differently but i've but fresh prince is an hbo max thing they have the french prince reunion and i have that and you got it just from normal hbo like it was just yeah. there, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's kind of like how they have Hulu and we don't, but whatever's on Hulu, we just get other places. I think it's that same thing, except HBO still takes it and feeds it to us. They just don't feed it to us out of a bowl with the word max on it. They're just like, yeah, here you go. It's part of your subscription. I guess it's, it's very strange. Um, (laughs) Which is beautiful that you bring it back to that. (laughs) What a wonderful word to use to bring it back to the topic. Totally not planned, but I will take it. Oh my god! But you know, you're right. You're right. And and I would say though, yes, it is frustrating. But yeah, I would I would be livid if if Endgame came out around like COVID times, we couldn't see it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, I'm I'm livid now. I can only imagine if that that cliffhanger had kept us. But ugh. well, here's the thing: like Black Widow should have came out twice by now. We still haven't seen it. I know we'd be on Eternals by now. We would have seen Eternals already. Oh my God, that's true. Oh my God. <laughs> and it was funny too because I remember the last thing I heard about Eternals was uh, one of the actors was saying is like it's it wasn't Angelina Jolie. It was um oh man, what's his name? Oh, he did a hilarious comedy recently. Camille Nanjali. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, he was saying like they. He has never seen a movie like that before. He's like, it's sci-fi, but it isn't. It's fantasy, but it isn't. And it's like, he's like, mm-hmm. Marvel is going for something really different. And that's get, that's got me excited because that's what Marvel needs to do. Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah, we would have seen Black Widow and Eternals by now. We would have also seen Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yep. And, and we would, have, should, we would be seeing WandaVision at this point. At, yeah, it would be happening as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's so depressing. That is so <laughs> depressing. Oh, but thank God for the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so we need to wind down this movie. Um, I will say to wrap it up, the end credit sequence was amazing. We got two really good end credit sequences. One, we got uh, Baron Mordo running into uh, uh, Paramore um, or Parambore. And uh, he like, and this whole thing, and I love this story that they're building with Baron Mordo, that that he also believes the same thing Doctor Strange does, but he sees it differently. And he's like, you can't bend the rule, you can't bend the rules to favor yourself. But Doctor Strange is doing it for a noble reason, which yeah. is balancing everything. And Ancient One believed that it was a good reason, but used dark magic to keep her alive. Um, and, uh, and so Baron Mordo is in the idea that, and she even says it, that, uh, that strange, you need, you need his, you need his rigid strength and he needs your flexibility. And that's, you know, that will be like the perfect moment of peace. That, that was a great scene with ancient one that kind of like that's ancient one being defeated is that, you know, realizing that they're they're that the ancient one was flawed. Um, but I love that end credit scene that we see Bear Mortal come in and he just like absorbs the magic from uh, Paramore. Yeah, and he says there's too many sorcerers, and I'm like, brother, you have seen the finale of Endgame because yeah, there are a lot of sorcerers there. You're right. Hell yeah! And uh, and then we get one of my favorite end credit scenes, which is the scene I love in Ragnarok, which is <laughs> uh, which is Doctor Strange runs into Thor, and I love how Thor. I, the transformation Thor gets between uh, between Avengers or what was when was the last time we saw him? It was Age of Ultron. Ultron. Mm-hmm. So the transformation he gets from Age of Ultron to Ragnarok is pretty day and night. And 
and it's for the best like his lines are incredible like the scene he has with dr strange i love it. he's like all right wizard who are you and why should i care <laughs> like it's so good and that scene was completely different in, in ragnarok and and taika does a great job of of showing in a really clever way how far advanced dr strange is at that point because the the way time moves for dr strange is completely different than yes. everybody else because he's because he has that enlightened level of knowledge now. Yeah, but he's he has been like the strange that we meet in Endgame mm-hmm. has lived through millions of timelines. Yep. And the strange that we know at the end of this first solo movie of his has died countless times. So like oh. he has seen some shit. Like he is just he's ancient in spirit while still being <laughs> normal in body. Oh, while being the one. <laughs> um, no, but that dude, good, mad prud- uh, mad kudos to use with the profound uh, profound statement that that's true. He dies a lot of times in this movie. Uh, very world of tomorrow kind of thing or edge of tomorrow. Um, and yeah, and that's very true. And so, and, and, but I love his, that time moves very differently for him with Thor. Like uh, the bookcase moves, like the, the scene, the background keeps jumping because Dr. Strange is already at that pace where he's already moving ahead of people and trying yeah. to get to that point. Um, and and uh, I love it. I love it. And he's got the yellow gloves and he, he's got the look, but it was a big show stealing moment when uh, that end credit sequence came up that he was in, he had a scene with Thor. So yeah, epic stuff. People were really excited. Uh, speaking of dying, let's hop on over to our Marvel Memorial Cemetery really quick here. Yep. Uh, who is dead? So Caecilius is dead. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Or is he like, is he like Red Skull dead where it's like, yeah i'm gonna say it's kind of like red skull he becomes a what they call a mindless one okay essentially a zombie all right uh, so a I'm, not, zombie. I'm not gonna put him in the thing man but i will put the ancient one because she's pretty dead um although we do see the ancient one in uh in endgame we do but that's because of time travel and like ghosts oh and, yeah multiverse stuff yeah yeah um and i think I don't know if you agree, but I think her her tombstone would be like if you stand in front of it, then everything else in the world freezes. So you can spend as much time as you want at her grave. <laughs> but you you won't get any older or yeah. grayer, and the weather will freeze. Ooh, I would build a house over that. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, so no, very true. Yes. Yeah. So the ancient one, uh, ancient one died. Um, Hmm. But we have a lot of people to add to the, the comic book encyclopedia. Yeah, we had so many that I was actually trying to kind of add them as we went, just so mm. it would save time. But so we got Strange, we got Christina, uh, Christine um, Palmer, we got Mordo, Caecilius, the Ancient One, Dormammu, uh, the Doctor who had to cover his watch. I wrote his name. Doctor Nick West. Nick West. Um, and I also have uh, Mister Drum, who you told yep. me about. Daniel Drum uh, and Wong. And who else am I missing? Am I missing anybody else? Uh, Yamir. Hamir. Hamir, H- yeah, I got H- him too. Oh, you got Hamir. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, nice big chunk of characters. 
Um, well, it's time to rape a movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. What are, how many stones, Ryan, are you bestowing upon the good doctor? <sighs> as the, as Dr. Strange is the character, I'd give him a gauntlet. Um, yeah. uh, the movie I would give, uh, it's, it's out of six. And then if you want to give it perfect score, it's a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a s- solid five stones. Solid five and that and the reason is is because the villains were not as strong as they should have been mm-hmm. except for Mordo, who's a great villain yes yeah i am i'm pretty close right there with you i'm giving it 5.5 stones um i think that yeah i think that probably the weakest link in this chain is the fact that kaecilius and dormammu were just kind of uh you know, not the greatest and especially Dormammu, that's a crime that he wasn't as cool as he could have been or as scary as he could have been. Yeah. Um, I guess he can't spell Kaecilius without silly. Why? The movie well, should have been. You got Kaecilius, right? And no, uh, I got yeah. Yeah. Good, good luck spelling that. <laughs> uh, the movie should have ended with his head coming out of like the middle of the screen going, whatever, that's all folks. Um, yeah, but I mean, I had I had a blast rewatching this again, and I mean, I have to clarify here as a guy who, as as a guy who spent almost two decades of his life writing books about wizards. Mm-hmm. Okay, like this is a movie that I, I was either gonna love it or hate it. Right, I was either gonna be like hashtag not my wizards, man, yeah. or or I would have been like this is the greatest thing ever, brah. Um, either way, I'm a surfer for some reason um but uh, the first time i saw it i remember thinking it was cool but then it, like i said it didn't really leave a huge impression but now four years later pretty much four years almost to the day i think watching it again i i could not have had more fun like mm-hmm. i was part of the fun here ryan but i was spellbound uh, by, by the doctor strange movie this time and like and i get it like you said you know there's there's, there's a lot of setup because of how weird the Doctor Strange pocket of the universe is. And like the first movie had to basically be just by the very nature of what kind of character he is. It had to be an exposition dump. This first movie had to be like, this is the eye of Agamotto. This is magic. This is how it works, blah, blah, blah. It had to be that just to kind of get us into the groove of this is what MCU magic is like. Uh, And this is how, yes, it can exist in the same world as Iron Man. Here's how. And now that means, like you said, like everything moving forward now can just be like pure, unadulterated wizard fun. Oh, and yeah. I had so much fun with it. And I like I love the idea of wizards so much. And these wizards even dress like the ones that I have, like in my books and everything. So it's like at this point, I hope they make six more Doctor Strange movies. and I hope they're <laughs> all like 11 hours long. I don't care. Give me all the wizards. Uh, and I, I think... Um, you know, I love how the different areas of Marvel movies sort of, you know, different characters kind of have their own mini universes inside the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And I love all of these mini universes, but I think this one might be my favorite. And I was kind of graphing like how they sit. And it's cool because I, I was like, okay, the four big ones that I love, the four universes inside Marvel that I love the most would be this magic world, 
Yep. Um, the the world of like the cosmos and guardians of the galaxy, mm-hmm. the Asgard, and all that stuff, yep. and and Wakanda. I think mm. Wakanda is great world building. And when I was looking at it. I was like, what's cool about it? And I didn't realize until like when I was putting together my notes that you can kind of graph them where it's like, okay, you have Black Panther, Thor, um, Doctor Strange, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. So basically, you have two fantasies and two sci-fi's. You have Thor, which is cosmic fantasy, and Guardians, which is cosmic sci-fi. Yep. And then you have Doctor Strange, which is Earthbound fantasy, and Black Panther, which is Earthbound sci-fi. And Ooh. they're all different, and they all work. Yeah. Wow, dude. Oh, you won the profound game today. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah, I think out of all those worlds, and I like I when we got to Black Panther, I am gonna do nothing but friggin' gush about how much I love the world building they made of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Still, out of all those four worlds, I think this world of these artifacts and like the wand of Watum and where did that come from and all the stuff in the in the Sanctum Sanctorum, this is the world I want to bite into the most. This is the juiciest peach, <laughs> and I just want that juice to run down my chin. Yeah, and like give me more, give oh, me more. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, this point, it's funny because for me, um, phase two, uh, was kind of a a rocky ride where they had some huge hits and then some weird offshoots, um, like Iron Man three and Thor were kind of rough. Then winter soldier comes in and just takes it to a whole new level. And then the the rest is kind of history from there. Civil Wars, like this phase is flawless movie after flawless movie. Like I like Doctor Strange is is still, in my opinion, a great movie. Um, Definitely still lives up to I would say definitely still can go under the category of flawless because everything I have against it is just personal. It's just like it's. It's a Star Wars fan looking at something being like, well, I didn't grow up with this, so it's not like something I enjoy. Um, For me, it's like Doctor Strange. I didn't grow up with this particular Doctor Strange, but I would still say it's a for someone who's like not a Marvel fan. It's a flawless movie like it's it still does its job. Um, But this phase, every world I think I've seen and like Guardians, Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, all these movies, the worlds, even in Ant-Man and the Wasp with the subatomic uh quantum realm or whatever um those are fun worlds to be in and i i just yeah love every second of it oh i i can't part two can't come fast enough i know i think i think i said this in an earlier episode but like of that phase four lineup that had me the most excited uh man phase four lineup the lineup's not even done yet we don't even know half the films that are like we only actually we barely know half the films we know a quarter of the films we know black widow sang chi Eternals, spider-man love thor love and thunder doctor strange and the confirmed ones but we know nothing about is black panther 2 captain marvel sequel and that's it and blade apparently yeah but i think if that's blades um uh, series. Is, is it a show? I think it's a show. Oh, I thought it was a movie. No, I think it's it's going to be a show. I'm hmm. pretty sure. I and the crazy thing is we still don't know what an MCU Disney Plus show looks like yet. We still don't know what that's going to be like. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I mean, WandaVision's a bold move to go first. I, I would have preferred Falcon and Winter Soldier because I think that what they're going to do with that show is going to be pretty cool. Definitely, and it feels more like the first 
one they would make. And I think that was the plan, but then things got switched around. It was a Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be first because it yeah. was supposed to it was supposed to be the the continued epilogue of like what's happening after the events of Endgame and, yes. and what's happened to what's happened to like the world essentially. Uh, and WandaVision is what's happened to Wanda specifically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vision. Uh, so And Vision. If if he's even really there. Ooh. Well, yeah. I'll have to wait and see on that. But anyway, so what would you give it, sir? What would you give Doctor Strange? Well, I gave it five point five stones. Ooh, you're gonna give it five point five. And you're 5. so yeah, you're you're with me on that, right? Yeah, I think it's well it's well worth it. And and before this rewatch of it, I, I probably would have given it less because of how little of it I really absorbed and retained. But now coming back into it, I'm just like, I had so much fun and I just want more of the world and yep. that I couldn't ask for any more than that. Yeah. I mean, they sold me on, they sold me on Dr. Strange and I want to see more. So when the multiverse of madness goes down, can't wait to see what, uh, what, uh, what they're going to offer. Um, and again, Sam Ramy could not have chosen a better person. That dude is, you know, you talked about, what did you call it? How did you earth earth fantasy? I think it is. Uh, there's, there's cosmic fantasy, earthbound fantasy, cosmic sci-fi and earthbound sci-fi. So yeah, this is, this is earth fantasy. Yeah. Um, and who better to do earth fantasy than the guy who did evil dead. <laughs> the, guy yeah. who brought us, the guy who brought us the absolutely fantastic bone saw the wrestler in spider-man one uh, uh exactly yeah same this man is a full and, circle yeah maybe we'll see bone saw pop up in the multiverse of madness he's still ready as far as i'm concerned <laughs> um and sam raimi if you can hear the sound of our voices you can make this movie four hours long if you want. I will not complain. I will, especially, you know, that is huge. And that is that is a good point to end on as, or to wrap up in the wrap-up conversation of it all because he was one of the first to do a superhero movie. Yes, he was. <laughs> and now come full circle, he's going to continue his work after so many years. After so many years. Yeah. So make it uh, make it a nice, good movie, and uh, I will not complain if you stretch that runtime out a bit, uh, Mr. Raimi. That's all I'm saying. The more wizards, the merrier. I am the opposite of Baron Mordo. I could not have enough sorcerers in my life. And speaking of runtime, um, Doctor Strange clocks in at one hour, 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, we are almost at one hour, 55 minutes in this podcast. Can you imagine if our shtick was every episode, we matched the runtime of whatever movie we were talking about? The Avenger <laughs> movies? I can easily do that. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 if I had thought of that beforehand, I would have made that our thing. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, we'll do when we're, when we're done in Freddy Rewatch, we'll, we'll pick another series and we'll do that. With, with that we'll be like okay whatever however long the movie was we have to match it in our podcast i find it funny because i don't think we'll ever be done the infinity <laughs> no, i know uh, i'm gonna I, i've been meaning to speed up our release windows um like right now we're recording this at the end of november uh for you listeners you would have just gotten the winter soldier episode oh was the last my one that, god that would have just come out um yeah. 
Yeah, because it goes Iron Man 3, then Thor 2, then Winter Soldier, correct? That's the order? Yeah. Yeah, so you would have just gotten Winter Soldier. Um, I finished editing Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's ready to go. I'm going to send that out uh, as soon as we can. And yeah, I'm going to speed up the window so that we can we can try to catch up. Because my initial thing was like, let's bank a lot of episodes so we don't have to rush. And now it's just like, I feel bad because there's so many banked and we're, we're just like cruising along at a snail's pace. But I will fix it, I promise. I will wave the wand of Watum. Oh. And make things make things right. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> because I'm gonna pull some strange magic. Oh my god! Ties everything together in a neat little package. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, well, we are officially at an hour fifty-five. We're exactly as long as Doctor Strange. Do you have anything you want to add before we wrap it up here, Ryan? Uh, just just remember, it's Doctor Stephen Strange. Doctor, hey, you call him Doctor Strange, doll. <laughs> Can the second movie please have short round in it? Oh yes. He just he just follows every. All he does is he just corrects people who don't refer to him as Doctor. <laughs> and then every once in a while they cut to Johnny Depp and he's like Captain, Captain Jack Captain, Captain, Captain. Yeah, I love it. All right, guys. Till the next time. Thank you so much for joining us here on Infinity Rewatch. I'm Ryan J. Whitehead, and I'm Andrew Fantasia. Please, for the love of God, have a marvelous day. <laughs> <laughs>